0: We are in our final week of our series, Goliath Must Fall. Goliath Must Fall. We've been talking about this for several weeks. It's time to make sure that we can get past our giants once and for all. When we think about the story of David and Goliath, uh, Goliath is this this villain, that is probably the oldest villain of all time in stories and histories for hundreds and thousands of years talking about Goliath. Well, this, uh, this weekend I got to go um, to the movies uh, with Shannon, and we were back in the theater on the big screen, and we got to see the new James Bond movie. Any, uh, any Bond films out there? Uh, fans uh, watching those films and getting out there? I mean, we love James Bond and the characters that have played him over the years. This was Daniel uh, Craig's last time as, as James Bond. I think it's the 25th installment. Of, uh, of the Bond series, and I don't know who your favorite was, whether it was uh, Roger Moore or Sean Connery or uh, Pierce Brosnan, or I don't know, you can go back in, in time, but amazing, amazing heroes and, and watching them and, and, and endure all these amazing challenges that are out there. And of course, it wouldn't be a fun movie if they didn't have a villain, right? I mean, every good movie has a villain, and, and who are some of your favorite villains in Bond movies? Can you remember any of them? I um, remember, yeah. Doctor, Doctor No, yeah, um, I think Blofeld was the one that had his uh, his eye that was like cut through through pretty pretty menacing, right? Uh, Mr. Big, and you mentioned Jaws. Somebody mentioned Jaws. Remember Jaws? Not the movie Jaws, but the character. He was like the seven foot tall guy with this metal mouth that could, right? I mean, crazy, right? So we watch these these stories, and we see these these villains being defeated, and and it's and it's amazing, and and like a lot of movies, and uh, James Bond no exception, the movies usually end with some kind of major scene, right? I mean, it always escalates, climaxes to the end where, where there's just this, this incredible battle going on and there's always some explosion, something crazy, and out, out from the rubble, out from the ashes, out from the explosion, what happens? The, the hero emerges, right? And they're, they're bloodied and they're battered and they're limping along, but they're standing and they're there and they're able, they have endured. They have beaten the villain. They have conquered evil. They have saved the world, And we leave the movies going, wow, that's so great. And we feel a rush. Actually, one time I went and watched a Bond movie back when I was in college and we were in the neighboring town and then on the way home, driving home from a, a James Bond movie, I got pulled over by the police officer because I was so like pumped up, you know, drive, watching all those fast cars and all that good stuff. And and uh, the officer said, "You know, you were speeding." I said, "Yeah, I know. I just, uh, you know, just just at the movies." He goes, "Well, why w- are you in a hurry?" I was like, "No, I just saw a Bond film and I was kind of excited uh, about it." And he goes, and he came back, handed me the uh, you know my driver's license back, said, "No, no ticket, just a warning." He goes, "That's the best excuse I've ever heard about <laughs> <laughs> getting a ticket." So we can get all excited, we can get pumped up, we're gonna take on the giants, we're gonna battle them. But what I wanna talk about today in this last installment of the series, in the last part five as we're, as we're walking through this is how do we stand firm until the end? How do we stand firm until the end? And by to the end, I mean to the end of our lives. How do we stay faithful all the way through? How do we conquer the different battles? Like you watch a, a movie like that and you see all these different challenges that came and at the end, They're standing. And they're left standing, they've, they've endured to till, till the very end for the right, for the cause, for the good. How do we do that? How do we live out in that way? How do we stand firm? Because some of us are being threatened to be knocked down over and over again. Well, I just want to recap as we as we as we again come to the end of the series of things that we've been looking at. David and Goliath. Goliath must fall. One thing we know from the story: Goliath is dead. Goliath was knocked over. And remember from week one, I said I'd remind you about this every week. We think we're little David going up against Goliath. And we wonder why we continue to lose battles. And the strong reminder, the strong truth when you face those battles this week is you're not David. Jesus is David. You're not. Jesus has already fought the battle. Jesus has already conquered Satan. He's conquered the devil. He's won for us. The victory is won, but now we have to learn how to walk in that victory. And though even, even though Goliath is dead, he's still deadly. And that's the reality that we still live in. That's the reality we still find ourselves in, and why we need to talk about standing firm to the end. Because even though we've won a battle, even though we've, we've maybe won, a, won, won this part, there's other battles to come. And so we've been talking about this whole series how do we then live in this victory? How do we not just stay in the shadows? Remember Goliath taunting the, the Israelite armies for, for just 40 days? And they were just cowering in fear, and the giants we face of fear or, or rejection. Addictions, all these different challenges we have in our life, sin in our life, things that we keep falling back into, maybe some past experiences, abuses, regret, shame, guilt. I mean, you name it, all of us face some giants, either in our past or in our present. Sometimes they're voices that are still in our head, and we have to go, how do we step out of the shadow of these giants? Because we don't just wanna live there. We wanna experience this freedom and this life that we have. We talked about stepping into the light, confession does that repentance, coming before God and saying, God, I am weak, and that weak is the new strong. That when we are weak, God says, yes, let me help you in this battle. Let me help you get in in a walk in that light. We talked about walking with the wounded, right? Who are the walking wounded? That's all of us. Walking with a limp, that the wounds, the injuries, the things that we have that, that are holding us back, that we walk together. We have a community that helps us do that. And last week we talked about living in the Spirit's power, that, that we're not just powerless against these giants to always fall and just to give up the battle, but that the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the same Spirit, that Spirit lives in each one of us. How do we live in that Spirit's power? Have, have we forgotten that since last week already? Have we just gotten back on Monday and Tuesday being like, oh yeah, it's just back to uh, defeated? I'm not gonna survive, I'm not gonna beat this giant. We're four weeks into the series and maybe you're wondering, have you, uh, can I really defeat this giant? How am I gonna get through this? What is it that you're facing? Who are these giants that you're battling? Well, today I wanna wrap this up. Like I said, how do we stand firm to the end? Because we've experienced in our life, it's not just one and done. How many of you in your life have had only one battle that you've had to face? (laughs) The older I get, I still have to wrestle with this delusion that I have that life is gonna get easier. Can anyone else testify that life does not tend to get easier? (laughs) Anyone over 80 here today tell me that life does not necessarily get easier as you go along? Several of you, right? I mean, you're supposed to encourage us, (laughs) us young folks. What's going on? (laughs) But I think the reality is it's hard. It's not just one battle, there's one battle after another after another. We think we've gone through, we think we maybe have defeated the giant, and then lo and behold, what else is there? There's another giant. There's another battle, so, so I don't wanna discourage us, but I wanna let us know we can win, we can stay strong. We have been given what it takes to stand to the end. Several of you here that I just raised your hand, 80 plus, that are saying it's possible to fight the victories, to win the battles. It doesn't mean that life is easy, but we can get and make our way through. Sometimes it feels like we're playing dodgeball out there in life, that Satan is out there, and he's just like, Pew! you know, he's like shooting and trying to take us out one after the other, and you're just trying to stay standing. Because if you, like me, have experienced throughout life and seen around you, how many people have been taken out? How many have, have been taken out in their fight in their faith? How many have, have, have thrown in the towel? How many have given up? How many have walk, walked away? I was discouraged this past week to hear of a pastor of moral, with moral failure and, and just the, the loss of the, the ministry and the church and the impact of that, and it's like, why? Why do these things continue to happen? Why do we fall? Why do we fail? And it happens in life and those things are there, but, but is it possible to stay to the end? Is it possible to stay faithful and to overcome and to conquer? And I think we're here because we believe it is. We believe it is possible, but, but how do we do that? How do we get to that place where we're not taken out again? One thing we have to realize is that the battle is bigger than what we think. What we see in front of us is the battle of, again, whether it's rejection or, or pain, or maybe it's, a, maybe it's an illness, maybe it's a relationship that's struggling, maybe it's just sin in your life, it's guilt, all, whatever those things are, we see that battle, but there's, there's something bigger going on, and it's part of something much bigger than that. There's an unseen reality, there's another war that's being waged, and, and back to the Bond films, uh, Bond is a, is a secret agent, which means nobody knows or is supposed to know that he's an agent. Any Any of you guys secret agents? <laughs> if we knew, you wouldn't be very good secret agents, right? <laughs> but the reason he's a secret agent is, is, is what we see in the Bond films. There's this other world that's taking place, this other reality where there's sinister characters, villains, and henchmen that are out to try to, to, to change the trajectory of the world while the rest of us obliviously go through our lives. There's a world of, of secret agents trying to make the world safe for us. It's not really different in the real world when it comes to spiritual matters, that, that one thing we're going to talk about today that there's a spiritual reality, that there's a spiritual war that's taking place. That all these battles that we face are spiritual battles, and and how do we fight the spiritual war? So we're going to look at fighting the spiritual war and staying faithful to the end, so that we will stand firm. And at the end, we can say, "I am standing firm. I have been faithful. I fought the good fight. I have won." That's what we want to stand for. So let's uh, let's look at that today, and we'll we'll, we'll uh, I just want us to pray, and then we'll jump into. The text that we have today, Heavenly Father, we all face giants. We all battle. Some of our giants are visible; some people know about, but so many of us are fighting quietly. Things in our hearts and our minds. Maybe it's some thoughts that we've had, discouragement, doubt. And Lord, we uh, we face spiritual battles. And even as we, as we enter this, this, uh, this time in our world and we see the, the assaults that are there on faith and on morality and, and on you, God, we, we just pray that we would be able to stand strong. Help us today to stand firm to the end as we look at your word and the way you have prepared us. We get, commit this time to you in Jesus' name, amen. When we look at the story of, of David, again, as the, the backdrop for this, I mean, we have the story of David fighting Goliath, but as we've had some snapshots throughout this series of his life, that, that David didn't just begin as the this, this shepherd boy. He did begin as a shepherd boy, but he didn't stay there. He was a shepherd boy, and he fought the bear and the lion, but, and God was with him. And then the story of, as a, as a teenager, as a young man, he, he fights Goliath in this amazing way, defeats the giant, and, and forever that cemented his legacy, who he was. But after that, the battles continued. He became a commander he, in, in the army. And throughout the Bible, we read of battle after battle after battle. It wasn't like David fought Goliath and it was done. Boom, that's it. And for the rest of his life, he was the, the giant slayer and lived on Easy Street the rest of his life. He had battle after battle, physical battles and war. He was on the run as a would-be king, the king trying to kill him and take him out. Later, he was king and had other battles, right, battle, battling adultery, the murder, the, 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 when he sent out a soldier to be murdered with the, mistress that, of the, the husband of the mistress that he had. I mean, crazy stuff that he had to battle through in his own life. His own children turning against him. And yet he lived this life and reigned for 40 years ultimately as the king of Israel. And we read so many of his, his just heart and emotion and spirit in the Psalms and we see this, this man that, that was wrestling with, with life over and over and over again. But in the end, he Remained faithful and true to God through it all. And in the New Testament, we read, and, and he's called a man after God's own heart, that, that despite all these things, he was a man after God's own heart. And we look at these battles, and again, we can say, oh, it was a giant, it was an enemy, it was adultery, but in the end, these are all spiritual battles. These are all spiritual battles. And what, what I want us to understand is that we are fighting something bigger than us. We are in a spiritual war. We are in a spiritual war. Now, we don't maybe talk about this enough, or maybe, and some people talk about it too much, but we are in a spiritual war. It's going on all around us. I, I want us to look at this, this verse, Ephesians 6, verse 12, and we're gonna come back to it later. It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realms." It's a great verse for October when everyone's focusing on Halloween and craziness and evil spirits, but this is real. <laughs> this isn't just something that you decorate your house with or, or have some fun with. Or what. This, is, this is a reality that's being painted for us that there is this unseen world that, that, we, don't, that we don't pay attention to maybe enough, that we don't understand that's there. And I wanna look at, this is one of the reasons why we're losing some of the battles we're losing. This is why we're getting taken out and why we're, why we're struggling because this is going on. Some of you might be saying, a spiritual war, really? Come on. Spiritual battles, really? Is that really happening? I mean, how many of us really believe that there's spiritual battle, spiritual warfare, spiritual things going on? Yeah, because we can fall in two camps and kind of under, under, you know, kind of minimize it and, and sort of uh, just say, you know, it doesn't exist. Life is just what it is. Maybe you believe in God and even in evil, but, you know, God set the world in motion and now it's just reality and it's just kind of us or it's just our sinful desires and things within us, but there's not really a spiritual reality going on. Other people are too preoccupied with evil and spiritual things, right? You get up in the morning and you put your toast in the toaster and it burns. Satan did it to me again. (laughs) The devil burned my toast. He has it out for me. No, you left the toaster on too long, right? Ah, Satan made me late to work again. No, you didn't get up early enough. This cold, this cold, Satan is afflicting me. The devil is trying to knock me out. No, no, you were licking doorknobs. I mean, that's the problem, right? I mean, sometimes we, we attribute things to evil that, that, that maybe shouldn't be attributed to that. And so somewhere we have to have this healthy understanding between what is the spiritual reality and how do we deal with it? How do we engage with that? The devil is real. The demons are real. According to scripture, we understand that there is this, this realm. Of fallen angels, but it's not a it's not an even you know 100 percent power versus 100 percent power, good versus evil, as we heard in the beginning of this series. From the beginning, Satan has been defeated, Goliath has been conquered, Jesus had power over the grave, and yet the devil still has reign for a time. We live in the already; it already happened. He's already won, but not yet realized. And so we're in this we're in this in between space, and so we live in this reality of fallen angels and demons and. And again, how does that work? While God is all present, the devil isn't all knowing. The devil isn't all present. And so we have to keep that that in mind as we we look at this and go, how do we deal with this? Because the reality is there's a war being waged for your very soul. I don't wanna sound like over dramatic. I'm not here just to kinda be like, let's throw out these grand statements. I mean, this is scriptural. There's a war being waged for your very soul, an eternal battle, a war for you and for who you are, and this is what we believe and what we put our faith and trust in is in Scripture that Christ has come to fight that battle for us. But this battle for our soul is there. You have a target on your back. If you're a follower of Christ, you have a a target on your back. When you declare that your allegiance with Christ, you're drawing a line in the sand and you've declared Satan as your enemy. And so if you have an enemy, that enemy wants to come and come against you and and, and try to take you up, 1 Peter 5.8. Stay alert. Why do we need to stay alert? Watch out for your great enemy. Who's our great? Yeah, your are great. En- you have a great enemy. Congratulations. You are now officially in a Bond film with a villain. Much greater than that. In a secret war, I'm, I'm dubbing you a secret agent. I mean, we, we got a battle that's going on here. Watch out, your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You're trying to be devoured. He's trying to take you out. This is why we fight the battles. This is why we struggle and we kind of get oblivious to this reality, but this is, this is what's going on. Satan's goal is to knock us down, take us out, take us captive. So do you believe the devil's trying to destroy you? See, because we kind of go through our days and kind of forget that that reality is there, but there's a devil literally trying to destroy you and take you out. Now, we have a, a verse that our, that our mission and vision is based on here in, in the church, and it's Jesus' amazing words where he says, I've come to give you life to the fullest. And we talk about this life to the fullest. We want to do whatever it takes to help people experience life to the fullest. John 10.10, 10, we should all know it. If the Meadow Park is your home, this is the verse you got to know. But there's a part before this verse. That's John 10.10b, 10, 10 and Jesus speaking, but John 10.10a, 10, 10 the first part, says this. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus is saying, look, that's what the thief is trying to do. He's trying to take you out to steal, to kill, and destroy you. And so this is the battle line that's drawn, and we are here to, to, to bring life to the fullest in Christ. Well, how does the evil one do that? How does the thief try to do that? Through lies. Lies that we believe, through temptations that we face through doubt, through, through getting into our minds and our heads and our thoughts and our, and our hearts and how we, how we approach life. He's trying to take us out in so many different ways, trying to distract us from the things of God, trying to get us focused on, on building our own kingdom instead of His. Little by little, just getting us, getting us off track, and pretty soon what happens is, is we fall away and we lose our ground and we forget, we stop reading His word, we stop praying, we're, we're no longer engaged in church, we're, we're focusing on different things. And all of a sudden, things spiritually aren't as strong. And we give in and we succumb. Satan's trying to take us out, but our goal is to stand strong. Because the next verse, 1 Peter 5, 8, was stay alert. 1 Peter 5, 9 says, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. It's reminding us to stand firm. We have to stand up, we have to get in that battle, we have to confront this reality. How are we gonna do that? Well, we gotta be ready. We gotta be ready, we have to take on armor, we have to be prepared, we gotta go into battle. This is like battle talk, battle mode. The Bible talks about this because it wants to remind us that this isn't just something we kinda idly stand by. We have to engage it actively. 2 Corinthians 3 through four. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. God's mighty weapons. We don't wage war as humans do. So again, what's he talking about? There's a different reality. This isn't just something you can, you can take on on your own. Well, who's the, what is it? Is it M and Bond that makes all the special gadgets and all that kind of stuff? Or Q, Q, the wrong letter. Yeah, Q, the other one. M is the other, yeah, Q, Q, thank you very much. Q, right? I mean, you get these special gadgets and tools that, that help you win this. We, we've gotta look not at human weapons, but, but how has God prepared us? You look at David, again, the story, David um, going up against Goliath. What did Saul want to do, King Saul, when he wanted to send David out to fight the battle? Put on my armor. It was this armor, right? Put it all on, get get, get suited up, because you're going to fight this battle. And David was like, you know what, I'm not going to go in this physical armor. He understood, even though it was a physical fight, that there was a spiritual battle that was bigger than that. Because as a matter of fact, when he went out to, to meet Goliath, he said, you come at me With what? With with sword and spear and javelin. He names the physical weapons that that Goliath came at him against. But what did David say? I come against you, what did he say? With my sling. No, he didn't say that, right? He He didn't focus on his weapon. He said, I come against you in the powerful, mighty name of God, whose armies you have defied. So he understood this is a spiritual battle. I see a very physical giant, but it's a spiritual battle that needs to be fought. And there's a different weapon, and there's a different way in which we need to approach that. You see, we can't fight spiritual battles with physical armor. So it doesn't matter how much we think we have these physical, these, 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 these physical tools with us. And maybe even we go and in, in, in put in the same category, self-help. You know, positive thinking, good vibes. What is sending someone good vibes anyway? Believers, don't buy into that stuff. Pray for people, but don't send them good vibes. There's no such thing. You can be kind to them. But when we look at these, these ideas of like, what is it that we're, that we're doing? We're, we're fighting a spiritual battle. And so we need to have a different kind of, of, of preparation for how we go into that. And so if, you, if you're familiar with scripture, you know a passage I'm going to is in Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six, talking about the spiritual battle and the spiritual armor. This is how um, Paul, who's writing to a church, he's writing to other believers, and he's trying to remind them to say, look, there's something going on here. There's a battle be, being waged. And I want you to be ready. And here's what he says, a final word. In the end of all this and how you're living and what you're doing, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to do what? To stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places." He's really saying, this this is a battle. And some of you know what this battle is spiritually, what's going on inside of you, what's going on in your heart and your thoughts and your emotions and your spirit that you are wrestling through some big giants that you're facing. And we need to put on this armor that he's talking about. And this is what he says in the next verse. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. he's saying there's gonna be a battle there's gonna be a fight but but i'm gonna give you and god's given us everything we need to stay standing that you will not need to be taken out and he begins and and now you know he's in this environment of um of rome he's in the roman empire the most mighty empire in all of uh, all of history to that point in time and what did the roman soldier look like man you saw a roman soldier going to battle that was intimidating what they were wearing and how they approached it and and just the victories that they had. And so he looks at these Roman soldiers and he sees them running this empire, this undefeated nation that is just imposing. And he's looking at them going, you can have all the armor you want in the world, but you're not going to fight and win these these spiritual battles. You may win some physical battles, but spiritually, you need a whole different kind of armor. And I think looking at that, keeping that in mind, he begins to tell us as believers this. He says, stand your ground in the next verse. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. So he put on the belt of truth. Gird your loins, if you want to use some older uh, biblical language, right? Hold something that holds up your underwear. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. This is your undergarment. But we're saying underneath everything, what you don't see, what the outside doesn't see, is the truth. And, and when you're surrounded by truth and you, remind, you remember the truth, it's the way that you, you're going, what is this all about? What do I stand in? What is the truth? How do I fight these battles? Because lies, right? Lies is the way that we are destroyed. The devil is called the father of lies. And so when we understand truth, well, where do we find truth? And we'll see over and over again in God's word and who he is, we need to stand in that truth. What lies are you believing about yourself, about someone else, about your future, about who you are? Begin here, what is the truth? Where do you begin? You, you, you surround yourself with a belt of truth. And then he goes on, and the body armor of God's righteousness. So now he's looking, all right, now what's the body armor in other places? The breastplate. And you remember if you can kind of imagine a Roman soldier, those, you know, that, that, that iron, or whatever, I don't know, whatever they make it out of, you know, steel, heavy, whatever, metal, metal, breastplate. This is the body armor of righteousness. What does it protect? It protects your heart. It protects your vital organs in this part. The body armor, and, and body armor's there so that, that it won't be pierced. That something can't penetrate that. And he's saying, the body armor is what? Is God's righteousness. See, when we go out there and say, the body armor is my righteousness, that's where Satan gets in our head. Well, you're not good enough. You can't stand. You've failed. It's those voices in your head. You've given into temptation. Look at you. You're a screw up. You continue to mess it up. You're never good enough. And that will not hold up. That will not stand. But God's righteousness is impenetrable. It's that, it's that part where we say to the devil, you're right, tell me I'm not good enough, right? Remember we talked about it, when I'm weak, I'm strong? Because it's not about my righteousness, it's about God's righteousness. And I'm going into battle that God is for me, that God has, has made me to be in right standing with him. That was the cross, that was the forgiveness that he had given us. So I go, I've got truth around my belt, I've got body armor of righteousness, and he says, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared, well, you gotta go into battle. You gotta have some shoes. You gotta have your feet protected. And he's saying as you lead in, as you go in, go in peace go with the good news. Be armed with the good news. Bring that good news, right? You're not just trying to, trying to just uh, combat with, with negativity and with, with evil. No, you're bringing peace. Think about Jesus when he was in the wilderness for 40 days and nights battling with Satan. What did he use? The, the good news. He took scripture and he brought peace and he brought the word and, and he continued to lean on that good news. That's what we're grounded in. And so as you do this battle, you're reminded of the good news that you are in, that you are fighting, that you are bringing. In addition to all of these, he goes on. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Again, there's devil. You know, it's like he's giving this picture. He's just trying to take you out. And if you, if you look at the Roman soldier, one of the things the Roman soldiers had in, in, in battle, they had these four-foot shields. So imagine like a four foot shield, and if, if, a, you know, if a shield is four feet tall, I just gotta go down a couple feet and stand behind it, and what, how much of you can you get? You can't get very much of me. Fiery arrows being shot, but what if the fiery arrows come from the sky, which they do anyway, right? So if they formed in formation, the Roman soldiers would all line up, they'd put their, sol- their shields down, and they'd be protected with a wall, and then the soldiers would come, an extra row behind them, and where would they put their sh- shields? overhead, right, and now you've got another, you got a roof over your head, right, now they, they, they basically formed this ancient tank that couldn't be pierced by fiery arrows, and he's saying that you have this when it comes to your faith, it's called faith, the shield of faith, where you step back and you're saying, I know what I believe, I know in whom I trust, I know what God has done for me, I know and I have faith in what he will do for me, that this battle that I'm fighting is not going to take me out. And I'm gonna stand in that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna carry that shield of faith. And then he goes to the next verse. He says, put on salvation as your helmet. You gotta protect your noggin, the melon, you know, what's up here, right? Even today, soldiers are wearing, wearing a helmet. You gotta wear a helmet. You protect your thoughts, protect your thinking. Again, back to the lies and the truth and, and what is there. And he's saying, put on, put on this helmet, this helmet of salvation that reminds you, you are safe. In, in Christ you have been saved. So, so all these doubts that, that Satan trying to take you out and, and maybe you've stumbled, maybe you've sinned, maybe you've fallen, your, your, faith, your salvation isn't that fragile. You can rest in the salvation of what Christ has done. Remember His righteousness for you. Don't let Satan into your head. Don't let those thoughts come. Stay strong in who you are. No. Salvation is there. No doubt in this whatsoever. Satan wants to create that doubt in you. And then he says there's this other piece, this offensive weapon. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Again, we come back to the power. Do battle, get ready, the word of God. We have to know the word of God. How much time are you spending in God's word? Do you know the word of God? Or do you just wait for me to share it on Sunday mornings? Is this the only time that you get the word of God? Or maybe a meme or somebody posts something on Facebook and you get a a great scripture for the day. But how about getting into God's word and saying this is where we fight battles when we, because that's where we get the truth. That's where we learn about salvation. That's where we learn about God's righteousness. All these things he talks about here so that when that, that fight comes, we go, no, 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 that's a lie. That's not true. That's not so. I know what God's word says about me and who I am and who he's created me to be, what my purpose is, why I'm here. Amen. Scripture says resist the devil and he will what? He will flee from you. So you have power over the devil, so we don't have to live in this over fear of of always being taken out. No, God's given us what we need to win and to conquer and to kill the Goliaths and the challenges that are before us that we face. Then he ends with this. How do we activate this armor? Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Spiritual warfare is fought on our knees. See, that's where this is a different battle. This isn't the battle where we go out there swinging and physically and trying to, you know, with our might. It's a spiritual battle. And, it's, and, and all these things that we talked about, it's in prayer that we're reminded of God's truth. It's in spending time with his word. It's, a, it's when we gather together and worship. We come in places like this, all the things we talked about, that's the spiritual battle. That's the spiritual battleground. And prayer is that part where we, where we fight those things. We, we lead on God when those doubts come, those temptations, those challenges, we go to God in prayer. And that spirit we talked about last week is where we find that power, where we find that strength. Let me put it this way, the battles don't get any easier, but we can get stronger. We can get stronger. Again, my 80 plus year old's here today, can we get stronger? While your physical body might be getting weaker, do you, ever, do you feel stronger spiritually? Do you feel like you're in a place where you've seen, you've seen it all? You've gone through it all, and yet you're still here. Yet you're still standing. You can get stronger to fight these battles. And that's why, no matter what comes, you're not taken out by the same thing. The same temptation that took you out as a teenager, you're going, peanuts, I've got nothing on me. Get away, get out of here, little fly, no big deal. You've grown. It's not that the temptations may be less. It's still as powerful, but you've grown. You've grown in your faith. You've gotten to a different place. You're, You're finding that devotion and that faithfulness. You know, maybe when you were younger being out on a, on a Saturday night, you're gonna throw in the towel, oh, I forget Sunday morning, I'm not going, but now you're going, now. I'm in, I'm committed, I'm there, I'm going, I'm a part of this, this is what we're about, I'm putting God first in every part of my life, and you fight these battles, and you get stronger with every step that you take. Because we wanna get to the end. We wanna get to the end in this, this great scripture, 2 Timothy 4, 7, to be able to say, I have fought the good fight. See, see Paul understands this has been a fight I mean, the guy didn't roll over and just kind of go, hey, I believe in Jesus, now like, let me just go back, live the rest of my life. I mean, he fought for the faith. He fought for you and for me. He fought for those around us. He fought for the faith to be carried on. I have fought the good fight, and to be able to say, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. I think about Mary Rhodes, long-time member of this church, just passed away this week, and, and you just think about somebody who's just embodied this faithfulness and this legacy and this life of just the, the joy that she exudes and, 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 and being here and serving till, I mean, just up until COVID, I mean, she was serving all the time and just, you know, didn't, always a smile on her face, always encouraging, and even to her last breath, praising God, her, her daughter just shared with me this morning, she was praising God in her last breath, just saying, I praise God, one of the last things, you know, they're hearing her talk about. And you say, man, this is, this is where we wanna be at, to be standing at the end, and here's what I wanna tell you, you're still standing. <laughs> You know that, you're here today, you're watching online, you're at home, you're still standing. All the things that you have faced in your life, you are still standing. And so don't throw in the towel, don't give up, don't quit. And that's the battle that we need to take, but you don't have to always live in a defeated place. You can win these wars. You can fight this fight. You can win this victory. You know, you might be dealing with cancer, but you're still standing. You're still dealing with it. You might have gone you know, through a divorce, but you're still standing. You may have lost your job, but you're still standing. You may have lost all your money and your finances, you're still standing. Your kids may not be talking to you or, or you may have a tension in a relationship somewhere, but you're still standing. And so you come back and you go, God, how do I continue to move forward? And how do I fight some of these battles, not again with, with just words and, and physical things, but how do I get in prayer? And how do I fight these battles and allow God to come alongside of us and his spirit to fill us and to remind us, look Mark, the war's been won. The war's been won. You've still got some battles to face, but I'm with you and you can survive and you can stand till the end. Because listen, Goliath must fall. He's already fallen. Satan's already been conquered, but it's our job now in this time to stand. And not just to stand for ourselves. See, this is not just about us, it's about standing for others. It's about standing for those who don't know how to fight, standing for those that are losing the battle. Standing for others amongst us who are, again, wounded in different ways. And we say, no, we're standing together. And as I end this, I want to talk about this standing together. That this is what it is for the church. If Satan can take the church out, what happens? A bright light goes out in the community. A place that gives hope, a place that preaches truth, a place where where love and relationships are found goes out. And so we have to link arms. We have to stand together. And this This is not just an individual thing. I love the way that, that it says in Philippians 1, 27. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, Paul says, whether I come, he's writing to the church, and see you again, or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Standing together. To be standing together, we literally need to be together. It's very important to be together. It's very important to come together. It's very important to be be linking arms, whether it's in prayer, whether it's in in, in relationship, whether it's through our finances, whether it's through our serving, to be together. It's so easy in this time and even with with COVID and as the church is figuring things out and and, and people are in in new rhythms and, and I'm so glad for those that are joining online, but I think about when we first shut down and how everything went online. All of a sudden, everybody's watching online. It was a great different thing. But then we reopen, and all of a sudden, where are the people? What happened? Now granted, some are still watching online, but I'm telling you, across the country, across the nation, across churches, across the city, what's happening, because it's so easy for us. Oh, you know, I'll watch once in a while. At first, it's first I'll come and I'll switch it up. Again, I, I, I'm all, we're, we're all for streaming and, and doing this, because it's a great opportunity when you're homesick or if you're traveling, but don't get lazy. Don't get lazy. We can't stand together if you're not here. If you can can physically be here, if it's not because of health reasons or or other things, get into a place where you're physically with other believers. It's great to learn the word. It's great to to, 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 listen to it afterward and to take those truths in, but there's something about standing together to help one another, to encourage one another, to win this battle. There's an encouragement that happens in this place. Let's stand together. I wanna read this verse, this last part again. I want us to stand together. I want us to physically stand together. At home, stand with us. Stand with us right now. Stand together. As I read this, he says, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. That's what we get to do together. And I want to pray for us as we wrap this up, because I know some of us are still battling, because the battle is there. And we have opportunities when we close our time together, really any time during the service, that, that you can go and, and light a candle in, the, in our prayer areas as a way of signifying, God, I need your light. I need that in me. You can write a prayer request and let us know. We'd we love to pray with you. But what is it that you're fighting? Let's not end the series, and we're gonna move on to another focus next week. But I don't want you to continue to fight these giants today. Let's bring it before God. Let's do that battle that he has given us to, 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 to take those steps and to move into a new life that he has for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these truths that we can build our life on. Father, I know as we go throughout our days, we see the physical world around us, we see what's happening and what we feel, but God, help us to have a healthy awareness that that there's more going on, that there's a spiritual war that we are fighting. And that spiritual war is, 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 is intended to take us out. And so God, we need each other, we need you, We need the truth of your word. And Father, we claim and hold on to the promises that we are able to stand, that you have given us everything we need to stand firm until the end. And so God, we stand together. We lift our voices in praise, we we, we encourage one another. And God, more than anything else, we give you thanks for being the one who has fought our battles so that we can stand. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen.